And then Luke Skywalker kissed Leia and it really brought some confusing feelings for me. Me, personally. Especially after I saw the sequels. At the time, it felt a bit off. Yeah. But afterwards, I was like, that kind of feels right. Okay. Handjob solo. Is that your intro to the episode? <laughs> There's a new intro every damn week. We oh. keep them guessing. Oh, right. We're like Floyd. Do you remember Floyd does India and Floyd does France? No. It was like a. It was like Debbie does Dallas. All right. But with cooking. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, I know you mean. And Floyd Mayweather. Okay. And he, we used Floyd to, Mayweather. Well, yeah, you basically you get in front of a teleprompter and then you laugh at him as he tries to read the words. That's ah. a horrible joke. Should you? That's the worst kind of joke. Hey, how many demons does it take to change a light bulb? That does whatever. However many there are in the Evil Dead cabin, because they change it from normal light bulb to blood filled light bulb in like a minute. Yeah. You're going to intro the podcast. Welcome to Create Apocalypse. There you go. Number one podcast on the internet ever. Don't think so. <laughs> it definitely is. Possibly not. For us. Could be lies. Wow. Number Who's really Who's really deciding what's number one? I think Welcome to Night Vale's the most... What? Welcome to Night Vale. That's the most... Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. Crit anyway. Apocalypse. Critic Apocalypse. No, stop. You're already drunk on that children's drink again. I'm not drunk, I'm just hyped up. It is 90% sugar. And I've been eating Boost Bits, which contain milk chocolate, milk solids, 14% minimum contains vegetable fats, in addition to cocoa butter. Cacao butter! Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the rest of the ingredients. All I'm going to say is that I am hyped by sugar and love for my buddy Anne. Okay. How's it going? Oh, I'm eating a Boost thing. You're eating a Boost thing? Mm. How's that taste? Just tell me. Like a miniature boost. Give me the flavours with your mouth. Like a miniature boost. Like a miniature boost! Mm. But with less biscuit. Yeah. Less chocolate. The biscuit ratio is not quite. The biscuit to chocolate ratio is a bit off. Caramel. It's a caramel. It's. Yeah, it has a chewiness to it Mm. that I don't appreciate as much as I wish. It's still nice. No. But if you put enough in your mouth. Yeah. You stop tasting it and start just experiencing... Just accepting it. Just once you've got enough of it in there, anyway. I, I think that's kind of how people felt about Nazis. Yeah. You should review something. What? No, because we haven't introduced Three minutes in. What? <laughs> All right, Warden. Mr. Timekeeper. Yeah. Mr. Time Bandit taking the time and telling me it. Like a watch. Mm-hmm. All right, my first review this 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 bi-weekly period. Yeah, because I think of the 27 episodes, the one person who watches these every week, listens to them anyway, should know the format. So I love that guy. Who is he? Someone, someone email us. So lonely. Yeah. <laughs> just tweet us. If you're listening, just give us a tweet. At Crit Apocalypse. It's spelled the same as the podcast, so I'm sure you can find Possibly. it. Possibly. Go on. <laughs> I did set it up, so it could be could be different. Yeah. My first review this week is a film called The Final Girls, which I was really looking forward to watching, and it did not disappoint. Uh, not only is it a heartfelt play on the '80s slasher films we've come to know and love, mm-hmm. it's also uh, it's also um, an endearing film. It's surprisingly nuanced with the way it treats the material, not just in a joking way. It also sort of has an affection to it. I like the fart, by the way. Thanks. I like there just needs to be a bit more power behind it. Next I'll work time, on it. With the lungs. I'll work on it. Force the air into your rectum. <clears throat> there was a bit of vomit in that one as well. Into the rectum and then out. Hmm. It, it's just surprisingly sincere in its execution of the material. It has a genuine love 
and appreciation for Friday the 13th. Which is clear to anyone who doesn't know the plot of this film. Um, just as a recap, very briefly, we're not going to go into spoiler territories on this one because it is very recent. I had to procure it in my usual manner by pretending I lived in America, hmm. paying for it, downloading it, watching it, and then weeping into a pillow as my money just disappeared into a cloud of digital art, a digital just fade away. Cool. Just and then we're not going to have our tax credit soon, fucking government. Like hey. afflicted, it just disappeared. Because um, I paid for that digitally as well. And I love that film. It was very much worth it. But anyway, so the final goes. The, the plot is very simple. Very, you know, tried and tested formula. Um, a young girl, she is, she has a very friendly relationship with her mother. They are each other's one and only. Stop it. You're a grown man. Put those down. Stop playing with those toys. Good. Thank you. Wait, her and her mum... So her and her mum have a great relationship. They're almost like best friends, more than anything else. Her mum was an 80s slasher film screen queen. She was in one very well-known film. It's like a cult success, like the first Friday the 13th. Yeah. But if it was a little bit less well-known. More like a sleepaway camp. I like sleepaway camp. I like sleepaway camp as well. Yeah. But we're sort of culty guys. Yeah. Yeah, we live in caves. Anyway, so um, her mum is sadly... She passes away. I'm not going to reveal how, because that kind of... Re- it just it ruins one of the set pieces, and it's an excellent set piece. And she is uh, she is mourning the loss of her even a year later when she is asked by um, a gentleman, uh, God, what's his name? Thomas Middleditch. He's one of the stars of um, one of the stars of Silicon Valley. Um, he's asked by Tom- she's asked by Thomas Middleditch to uh, to accompany him to a screening for all the cult fans of this particular film her mum was part of. Yeah. To come and talk to the crowd and rile them up and sort of get into the mood and, and say, I am the daughter of this lady. I know you're all fans. Everyone's in love with her. It's almost like the manic pixie girl of the time. And she agrees to do it. Little does she know. It's a little bit mag- magic in the cinema that night. And the double bill of the films is, is sort of ruined by someone smoking a joint. Those damn marijuana addicts. Smoking a joint, putting it out. It goes down into the floor and lights some sort of flammable alcohol. Must be brandy. Someone's taking brandy to us in it, which confuses me. Moment. That's the thing I take whiskey. Yeah. Because I like to feel old. You've got to be more cultured. Exactly. Bring some culture there. You've got to take in a bag of ice and a flask of whiskey. Yeah. And you've got to say to him, give me a small glass, about 250ml. Because mm. any more than that, getting too much water. Ah. You're not getting a good water to risky ratio. Anyway, so up goes the cinema in flames. Okay, fair enough. And as the flames are burning away in the smoke, in the smoke, in all this horrific, you know, chaos, they are transported somehow into the film. Was there a bit where a ticket got ripped in half and sparkles no, came out? No, this is not um, that. This is not Last Action Hero, even though I love that film. It's not only Last Action Hero that does that. I know, there was an episode of Amazing Tales that did it as well. Yeah, I think Goosebumps as well. Goosebumps were probably after both yeah. of those. But I love Goosebumps. So, high five? No. Damn um, it! Audible high Stop playing with your damn toys! Play with my Amiibo. Put it down. No. Just, just put it down. And come on, buddy. High five? Yeah! Audible high five. Anyway, so, um, yes, they progress through the film. Uh, Thomas Middleditch acts as their sage, knowing the, the film in, inside and out and sort of walking them through it. But he soon disappears from the picture again. Not going to ruin it. It's a fantastic set piece. It's a nice little thing. And he comes back later. No. Um, and they have to use the archetypes to try and lure the killer, defeat the killer, and end the movie. Oh. And it's really, really nice the way they do it. They've got the whole... They know about the sex and how the killer will arrive if someone has sex, or if they take their top off, or if there's any sexuality, the killer will arrive. So, so they the use that the to daughter. draw him in. Draw, no, they use that oh. to draw him in, and they set traps, and it's a, a bit of a Home Alone moment at one point. Uh, another point you get again, that Friday the So there's a bit when they get a load of mannequins, and they tie a <laughs> string to it, and 
I'm not going to ruin it. I'm absolutely, vehemently not going to ruin any of this film because I, I loved it. And it's not often I say this with without having some sort of stain somewhere on my body, but there was a strip tease that invoked some sort of emotion that I didn't realise I had because towards the end there is a scene, again, no spoilers, no spoilers whatsoever. There's a scene where they have to use their knowledge of horror films to draw out the killer. You'd expect there to be zero emotion to this. Any other film would make a hackneyed Adam Sandler-esque joke in which it is just a fucking play on whatever situation. But no, this film does it and I swear... For a moment, I thought that I was going to tear up. Aww. Because it's fantastically done. And is it as sad as when Optimus Prime died in Transformers in the <laughs> 1986? Sadder, because he's not a fucking robot. No one gives a shit. You still haven't you... watched the 1986 When your calculator dies, you don't give a shit. You put it in the sun, it's fine. With this, these Calculators, they go to heavens. Jesus. Where would all the calculators go? Jeez, I'm doing a cross. Cross my mm-hmm. body for you. I'm trying to send those Christian energies to you. Because I don't have them. I'm trying to channel them. I've got the Christian aerial... I'm trying to challenge you. The note, Final Girls, is incredible. Sorry, the total, the whole title is The Final Girls. Not to confuse with anything else. I recommend anyone who enjoys horror films, anyone who's seen Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, or any of those types of horror films, watch this movie. It sends them up. It's not very gory. It's a 12A in America. Really? They're equivalent. And it is so good. So there's no tits in it? Well, no. Oh. But it is so good. How are you supposed to entice the killer if you're not going to show some skin, man? Well, that's the thing. They, they use it. They play on it. But it's so fucking good. I can't get over how good this is. I was expecting just a throwaway piece of shit film. Yeah. Because there's studios involved in this. There's a lot of well-known actors. Malin Ackerman plays the main... Plays the 80s starlet. Really? Yeah. She's like 12 or something. No, she's not. She's much older than that. But she plays one of the starlets. And then you've got people like, as I said, Thomas Middleditch. He's coming off a really successful run in Silicon Valley. He's a YouTube star. He does loads of stuff like that. And he's a a funny guy. And then you've got people like one of the workaholics is in there. Hmm. One of the three workaholics is in there. The uh, funny guy, the the guy who's always working out. Never watched it. Weird little short guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. And then you've got... um, You've got one of the guys is from Hunger Games. And then another one looks like... um, God, what is her name? Is it the wrong Liam Hemsworth they got? No, 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 no. no, no. The wrong no, Hemsworth? No, the blonde one. The evil guy from the first Hunger Games. <laughs> the one who's in Grown Ups 2 and he plays David Spade's son. I didn't watch Grown Ups 2. I did several times. Mm, more. I know, I'm an idiot. But anyway, The Final Girls, it is, it is a Tom Atkins. This is the kind of film that's made for people like us. And I feel like there are more of us out there now because they're getting into power and they're making these types of movies. But this is genuinely, if I could make a film, this is, this is what I'd want it to Just be. Just claim you made it. No, I would never do that because I, I'd fall so short of these people that have made this great movie. To say, it's exactly the film I would have made. I'm going to sue them because it was my idea. <laughs> but this is, it's stupid of me to say this because there are companies that we have spoken to in the last few months that we've got in contact with that have just like, you know, distribution companies and things like that that I've spoken to about films and about getting screens and things like that. And they would give us products for free to check and say, well, this is great. This is fine. This is something I paid for. I paid more than I'd normally pay for a Blu-ray to watch this. And I don't regret a single fucking penny, or cent, as it may be. This is a great movie. This is the kind of thing that I would recommend to friends regardless of their interest. So what its IMDb score is, it's probably going to be a five, isn't it? (laughs) It's not Neither Creeps, it's not Monster Squad, so no, it won't be a five. Although I do constantly recommend those films. But this film is a Tom Atkins in his purest form, which is Neither Creeps. Would it say Tom Atkins on here? No, he's not in it. 
Although I wish that they took our rating system <laughs> selecting actors and giving a vague, vague description yeah, as to what... It's got a 7.1. 7.1. But yeah, no, I really recommend this. And I assume that the four or five people that listen to our podcast actually enjoy horror films. I recommend every one of you goes out and watches this, <laughs> this film £40 or whatever the total cost of you watching it would be. It's really, really good. I... I've not, I've not been taken back by a film like this since Up, which is a really weird thing to say because Up tore me asunder. And this so you've not been taken up. <laughs> <laughs> no, vertically not, sadly. No, no. But um, really recommend it. Tom Atkins, all the way. Please go see this. And let us know if you have. Let us know what you think. Because if people disagree with me, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to find out why because I feel like this is really our demographic. All right. It's your turn. I've got to review something. Yeah. Why do I have to review stuff? I'm really sorry that I took so long on that one. I have so much passion for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I right. don't know why. Like, I can't quantify it. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to review... Um, Bye-bye. Right, let's pick a game at random. Go. Castles. Castles? Yeah. Castles? Here's a game. Um, <laughs> Did you just say... Here's a game. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, lads. Right, castles. Got it. Basic premise of castles yeah. is a king wants to build a really big tower. Got it. And you do that by moving blocks around on a grid. Wait, you just gave me the plot. Why are you asking? Why are you giving me more information? Tell you how it's done. Oh. You move the blocks around on a grid. Yeah. And when you match the right sort of blocks, yeah. it'll make the castle a bit taller. And every now and again, you fight a bullshit boss battle. Wait, Tetris? No. But it's like... Okay, so... Sharp dog, you cock. Well, no, look, you've Fucking got dog. a grid. How many squares are in the grid? Seven by seven grid. Seven by seven. Does so it ever change? Big up, no, as far as I can tell. Not as much as I played. How long change. did you play? Um, a few hours of it, and then I got bored. Holy shit, you played a few hours and you already seen seven by seven. Did you just blow a kiss to the microphone? Burped. <laughs> you burped a kiss to you guys. Right. So, Get here's deep the thing, right? this. If it, you've got headphones, push them close. It's like, it wants you to... You know how like, usually when you play those games, it'll be like... Match 20 clay, match 20 brick or whatever, and it will build, do the next thing. Oh, yeah. This Thanks one's like, that. you just have to match one set of bricks, right? So you just match what three of something. Yeah. But the thing is, it's constantly dropping new things down onto this grid that are constantly blowing up the bricks you're setting up to... Okay. Th- it'll land on the bricks you've already placed. Instead of landing in just the gaps to fill up the grid, you'll just drop on the ones you've already placed at times. Randomly? Yeah, it just... Yeah. Dumb. Um... The game has a tutorial which takes about 30 seconds to play through, which has one line that's written in Spanish instead of English. Hola, mi amo mata. Um, Mucho gusto. The tutorial's not at the start of the game, though. If you choose to start the game, you won't see that tutorial. A tutorial that takes 30 seconds, which could have been the first level, and it even ends with, okay, let's do this, and then the tutorial ends. Okay. That could have been put at the start of the game, because I played it for about 40 minutes before I realised you could grab blocks and pull them and not just push them. Oh. You wouldn't know that you could grab them, though, because when you press X, no animation occurs for you to grab the block. And before we get too deep into this... <laughs> yeah. Is this a game in progress, or is it in... No, this is actually released. It's coming out on console soon. <laughs> Isn't this the um, one that I got you a copy? Yeah. But um, you, you don't know you're grabbing something until you pull it. Yeah. Because the moment you pull it, then he grabs it and pulls. There's no feedback when you press the button to know that you can grab stuff. Um, Vibration or otherwise? No, nothing. There's no there's sound no effects. Light, there's no... <laughs> no sound effects. And if there was sound effects, I wouldn't be able to hear them because they're drowned out by the music that hasn't been normalised. It's so loud it actually distorts. I didn't realise when I was playing it. I had the TV on one because I was like, this is actually quite loud. I was thinking when I was playing When you watch my video, I'm talking saying it's a bit loud. Yeah. And then when I played the video back, other than the main menu music, every single piece of music is distorted. 
Because you know, like when you pop the mic, you normalize it for them. I could, I'd normalize the video, yeah, but that's not going to fix it. Because once you've popped the mic, it's that's it. Yeah, no, you've reached that point where it distorts, yeah, regardless distort. of how high the peak yeah. goes. It's twenty to twenty thousand hertz is basically it's what they freaking yeah. But it's all just like <laughs> like that. Um, so for all those bats out there, that review is coming. So yeah, it's just like. It's really messy presented. Um, the controllers, there's, there's, the menu has the mouse cursor on it. Actually, the mouse cursor stays on the screen all the time. Um, but you can't choose anything with the mouse. Yeah. You have to either use a keyboard or a joypad. Okay. If you use a joypad, you're going to have a nightmare navigating any menus. Joy to key. <laughs> but it, it won't make a difference, man. Not really. You tap right... Like, I went to settings to try and change the settings because yeah. it's the default to 720p for some reason. Oh, hot. So I click left... And it changes the graphics, and then changes what those graphical settings are. Then changes the volume. <laughs> then it like you keep so wait, trying to tap you know it, and it keeps you know, like changing the language. When you select it for yeah. all, it, all of it to change you, with it, you tap right once, and it will just cycle around through a bunch of things. <laughs> if you watch my video, yeah. I'm trying to set it. Just I just want to show that you can change the graphical. What happens when you change the graphical settings? I end up changing the language to like Spanish or something like that in Dutch. Try to set it with the keyboard. Dutch, that's where I come in. Mm. But it's all just a mess. It's. The game itself, the concept could work, but it needs a hell of a lot of tweaking. There can't be, you can't is have it, the blocks. Is it, like, is it like a complete write-off, or is it tweaking? It's, just... it's something that they, if they, I think if they released it on early access and they had a few months, it'd probably come out all right. Because um, it feels like an early access game, but it's not. Yeah, it definitely isn't. Um, there's things like, like what I was saying, when you're matching the bricks up, you only have to match three of something, right? But you could be there for ages waiting for the piece you need to drop so you can break it, so you can match it. So like you need free sand, free grass or whatever, free grass blocks. You could have one grass block, two grass blocks on the grid. Another grass block won't drop for ages. You don't know what's coming next, so you can't plan ahead. It just drops. Sometimes it just lands right on you. Sometimes it blows up a brick you've already got. Sometimes you're trying to push something into place and it will land directly in front of you. Like, and it's constantly frustrating like that. So these bombs, do they land on a brick and only? Take no, no, the bricks brick? land on the brick and blow up the brick it was already on. Okay, so is it like does it have a blast radius or is it just one? There's no bomb. No, so it's just it's a brick that lands a brick down, down and, it and it just crushes. crushes whatever brick was blown. Okay, okay. So and it's not no meant blast to, radius. It's just like, something that comes down. The, the game's over when the grid is full, but the bricks aren't just landing on the empty spaces. They're so, for instance, if you had like you know the old um, it was a plane. <sighs> <sighs> See that it's coming on the mic. Oh shit! I'm sorry, dude. The plane, man. <sighs> ignore it. Ignore it. Someone's going up somewhere nice. <sighs> Say you had that traditional T-shaped piece that you get from Tetris, but it's just single squares. squares. They're yeah. all squares. But take that idea and say each of the arms are grass grass bricks, grass bricks, and then the centre one is a clay brick. Hmm. If a grass brick was to land on the the clay one, would it just turn it all into a thing that disappears? Yeah. Okay, I get it. But there's no indicator. But there's also the other thing that's kind of irritating: the bricks all have symbols on them. Yeah. So there's two ways of matching. You either match up the free grass. Or if it's got pickaxes, you match up the free pickaxe. Okay. So if you've got your bricks there, and there's another brick that's like a space away, yeah. and they match symbols, and one lands in the middle, takes them out, there goes your plan. Okay. But what happens if... And you have both... no idea what's dropping. So what if the, both the symbol and the type match up? It doesn't make a difference. It, oh, okay. It'll just match. But you always so it's need just, to like... It looks nicer aesthetically. Yeah. If they'd made it so that it was like match 20 gr- bricks, like just bricks in total, yeah. rather than make one match... Yeah. Then when those random ones disappear because a match has happened without your control, 
or anything like that. Or you could match together different ones. Like you could match together the ladders and stuff and still make some progress. Yeah. Because otherwise what's happening is you're waiting for that one brick to fall that you need. And all you're doing is cleaning the area up. You're just moving stuff around to try and keep it from falling apart. Yeah. Um, you get boss battles that all have weird mechanics where you have to match certain things, but it's doing the same thing again. It's constantly is getting in the way of you doing it. Is there a level differentiation between boss battles and normal? Boss is the same, ba- boss is the same stage. But it'll do stuff like um, it'll have five different types of bricks falling down on that boss battle, plus the ones he's making that block you from doing much. Yeah, you've got to match them together to make a hammer to hit the boss with on this on the first one. Second one, you have to launch rockets in the air to hit a um, helicopter. But if specific agreements, if you've got like two blocks ready that you want to match on the rocket one, and another one falls down, it won't launch a rocket and do a hit. It'll just it'll just get rid of the blocks and it's not counted. Jesus. Yeah, so it's all sorts of things that just make the game incredibly frustrating to play. Yeah, these don't sound like cohesive uh, narrative. Sort it doesn't. Of yeah, it just doesn't work. Decisions. And you play ninjas in a castle thing, you know? yeah. but um, it's like the sort of thing where if, it, if they'd, put, I don't think they've had them on play test it. It doesn't feel like that. Another game I'll talk about today doesn't feel like it's been play tested either. But um, this one really doesn't. It just, <laughs> it just feels Spoilers. like someone hasn't. They haven't sat there. They haven't played it. And they haven't analysed how the game's playing. Um, I think if they had six months of early access, yeah. it'd probably come out all right in the end. But um, but in its current state, at least it doesn't feel like a mobile phone game. It could be a mobile phone game, okay. but it doesn't feel like it. Um, loads mean, of people have moaned about there being no mouse control. You control with a keyboard. It wouldn't really play with a mouse. It's not the sort of thing that play with that. But there should be mouse controls on the menu. You should be able to select stuff on the main menu with the mouse. Or what, just have some sort of setup. So well, you can the mouse point it. is on the bloody screen. So yeah, I mean, yeah. what it sounds like is a bit like Devil Dice if you can roll the dice. Yeah, yeah, or not fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. castles. Yeah, it's one of those things. Um, yeah, it's, sorry to hear that, but okay. My next review is going to be probably one of the worst games I have ever played. All right, oh, this is disappointing to say as well. Do you want me to put on um, Fifth Element first so you can play that for a minute, and then you, it won't be the worst game you've ever played? No, no, no. Can, can we at this moment <laughs> in time play some sort of like the Hulk walking away mu- music? No. Like, that suicide is painless. Da-da-da. Oh, is it? What's the Hulk walking away music? Um, dun, sad dun, music. Dun, That's it. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So, um, if you don't know this about myself, I don't talk about it very often, but I'm a very big fan of the Samuel L. Jackson anime uh, Afro Samurai. You know, both the series, which was six episodes, and the film, which was an hour and a half. The series more than six episodes, isn't it? No, it's six episodes on the Blu-ray. I think it's six. Episodes. It might be eight. May possibly like be eight. Two or three series, I thought. No, no, there's a series in a film. Mm. Uh, which is the story of Afro Samurai uh, confronting the number one headband. To get to that point, you need to go up each tier. So it's a That's like the a series. Game. What's about the thing? <laughs> I'm sort of getting there. So you have to go up by levels, and each level is a headband. So if you get to the level seven headband, you can fight the level six contender. If you fight the level six contender, you can fight the level five. Each time you get a headband, you can go up, basically. Um, Afro Samurai is the story of a young man who inherits the second headband from his father, who is a master swordsman, who is killed by a man named Justice and has his whole life thrown in disarray. Um, the game, Afro Samurai 1, followed the story of Afro, which was very interesting and it was a nice little quirky game for the Xbox 360 that you can probably still pick up for about a fiver. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting game. If you're into your fighting games, a bit like Assassin's Creed or... Batman Arkham Origins and Arkham Asylum sort of mechanics. There's a parry, there was a hit, there was a heavy hit, you know. Nice and easy to get used to. I'm not going to give that a review right now because that's not necessarily what we're talking about. What we are talking about is Afro Samurai 2, which is an episodic game released on the PS4, PC, Xbox One, and wherever else you may find it. 
Um, Afro Samurai 2 is handled by a different studio, I believe. I'm not 100% is... sure. That's not been confirmed yet, but different I'm studio. sure it's been confirmed, just you don't know. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and, it's, and it's starring a character from the original anime called Kuma, who was a young man who met Afro when he was a child and he was saved by a swordsman. And Kuma, um, he, he saw Afro as a brother. And when Afro Samurai decided to kill the Swordmaster, take the number two headband and go on his journey, which would eventually lead us to the anime, he, um, he, he also left Kuma, who was horribly, mortally wounded at the time, to, to fall into the hands of a bunch of cyber monks who transformed him into their angel of death, essentially. Um, nice and easy, but, uh, after the events of the anime, Kuma is left alive. This is the continuation of Kuma's story. And how he sees the world and how he deals with this influx of emotions and interesting aspects of a character that you'd love to experience, but sadly it's all shoehorned into a terrible game. Um, Afro Samurai 2, episode 1, is very hard to play. It's very difficult to play because the mechanics aren't working, a lot of aspects of it are lacking, there's some issues with functionality, with controls. I played on the PS4, to clarify, and um, yes, as much as I wanted to like the game, Graphics, music, speech, voice acting, everything was bad. Nothing really, really worked for me, and I wanted it to. Um, I very much tried to like this game, and it didn't work. So I give it a horribly torrid, a underdeveloped, I should say, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. It has received the coveted Adam Sandler, which is the worst score I ever give to anyone. I wish it was better. I wish it was clearer as to the uh, as to the intention. I wish it was shorter. It is short though, isn't it? It's like two hours long, isn't it? I couldn't even make it to two hours. Made it to an hour and fifty minutes. I really tried. I wish it was shorter. I wish it was more coherent. Um, I wish just there was more there was more refinement to it. Even if it was just an hour, it cost a fiver, but it was so refined. Like the parry worked, and the hit worked, yeah. and the story worked. It would be great. I'd recommend it straight away, but it's two hours of nothing that works. <laughs> everything's loose, everything's broken, everything's up in the air. QTEs, where there should be boss battles, villains that shouldn't challenge the main character that do for some fucking reason. And there's no story reason behind it, it's just that this guy has two big hammers, he's really strong, he can beat Kuma. Why? Why? Why does that need to happen? Who is this guy? He's never experienced anything. He's not a, he's not a headband wearing person. In the anime, we end Kuma's story with him having every headband from 8 till 2 wrapped around his body in some way as some sort of makeshift bandage so he can challenge Afro. Start at that point. Have us kill Afro Samurai if you want. It doesn't matter because this is this can be a fucking side story. Samuel Jackson's not coming back to do this game. Go wherever you fucking want with the story, but don't do this. It's awful. And it was... The worst thing is that the, the, the people behind it, they're really nice guys. I really, really wish them the best. I hope episode two is better. But this is not good. This is not a game. This is an interactive movie and it's less responsive than those on the Sega Saturn. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Uh, it's a full I've not heard any good stuff of it. I need to wait. Again. I know, right? It's fucking terrible. I might be diabetic. Those drinks are killing my groin. No good. I'm weeing out my fucking arsehole. Piss coming out of his arse. Well, I guess I should start a review then. He didn't like Afro Samurai too, I guess. Gave it Adam Sandler. Right. I'm going to review a game. Again, I've got another game. There's so many games coming out my ear holes. Um, called Animal Gods. Which is a sort of... 
don't want to hesitate to say RPG. Sort of an adventure, puzzly, progression, exploration type thing. Um, essentially, it's kind of top-down view, travelling around, you go into an area, you get given some skill to do, and you go through the area using that skill to progress, eventually freeing an animal god, like a spider or a lion or something like that. Um, and then there's a final area. There's like three separate areas, I believe, and then one final area. I think that's how it works out. Big old tower you end up going towards, something along those lines. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the last part was, though, because kind of found the game a little bit frustrating after a while and got quite tired of it. Um, the problem with it is, is that in the basic idea, these first three areas feel like tutorial areas. Um, there's an area where you use a bow and arrow, there's an area where you use a sword, there's an area where you um, where you use a dash move. And once you've got one, you can't use the other in the other area. So there's no combining these abilities at this point. You're just using the one power. You come back... I am. He's yeah. Animal God, so I was listening while yeah. he had the door open. No, that's nice. I know, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got the you get the one power in the area. You can't use that power I knew outside the area. Um, to the point there was one moment where I got to an area in the dashing level where you could dash through these little rivers. Yeah. And there's one you can't dash past because it's a little bit too thick. Okay. When you finish, so you go the other way and you come out of the cave and you go around the corner. You go into another cave and it gives you the ability to dash further. Now, if you come out of there and go back and go into the back into the the exit you came out of from the other cave and go straight back to where that double that thick part was, you can't use the double dash to get past it there. You have to go back, like the way you where you went in the first place, where you got the double dash. Yeah. Go through the whole cave where it teaches you how to use the double dash, even though it's quite self explanatory because it's the same method you use for the bow and arrows bonus skill. You hold the button, let go. Wait, do you get a triple dash? No. But you end up going all the way around, and you end up coming out yep. of this this second cave, yeah. where that longer bit was from before. Ah. And now you can use the double dash to get past it. <laughs> that's that's one of those forced game mechanics that yeah. I feel has been... It's more recent. Guacamelee? It's just like, yeah, but it's literally like you've picked up the skill, but you can't use it. And like, you're going back... That cave where you have to dash past the thing further, yeah. it's not like a secret thing you're trying to learn from. You have to get there to exit the level. Have you finished your drink? Yeah. For another one. Yeah, sure, why not? But you have to get past that that thicker bit of like the poison river to finish the level. Yeah. Um, and you picked up the skill, and it's the same cave. It's just that you come through it to another direction. That's balls. So why can't you just walk back and dash across it? That would have been a nice little secret thing you could do. Yeah. It would save you. Yeah, and it would save you having to go through this like this kind of tedious extended tutorial because that's what these sections feel like um, basic game mechanic game design like you see it in Mario all the time you put a simple mechanic out there like you show something yeah. then you put a twist on it add an element of danger and then you put some like test of skill to see how people can get through it um, the way this works is that it presents you with a mechanic and then that one mechanic's only really got that one thing going for it and then you keep going through a cave for ages and then it gives you an expansion on that mechanic and you keep going through a cave for ages again. It takes about 20-30 minutes to get through one of these caves. And then you get to a boss. And the boss isn't really a boss battle. The boss is just, like you say, in good game design, you would test your skills on this thing. Yeah. But it's a really tedious way of doing it. Like I didn't, If you watch my video when I, fight this, when I do the spider level, I didn't even realise I'd beaten the stage. I thought it was going to be a battle with a spider boss I'd have to use the bow and arrows for. I didn't realise when I went in there and I shot these cubes, that was it. 
and the boss is free. Um, the lion one, you have to work your way all the way around the outside, dodging over these rivers, and it's a pain in the ass because judging the distance is a nightmare. It's a bit like um, Guacamole again. But Guacamole is good. I know it's <laughs> it's done. It's done so you learn the limitations of your mm. skill. But you go all the way around it. Yeah. You get to the checkpoint at the start, and it just liberates two of the checkpoints and makes you go around again. And at that point, I was just like, "Screw this." Um, I couldn't be bothered. I was just—I kept going through it, kept getting caught out on the same little ones again. Yeah. Where because sometimes the hit detection seems to be really finicky. It's like so precise, and your dash is like only just making it past. Sure. So you're having to dash through the first one, hold down the button, and yeah. sort of move yourself to the edge of the next bit to dash across, go straight past. If you get it one, two pixels out, you're dead. It's really disappointing to hear. Cause it's really frustrating. This one. The thing is, it looks really nice. It's got a nice art style. Every, every single part of the design is either a straight line or a circle. It's all geometric shapes and, it and things. It looks really nice. Yeah, it's when you when you play it a bit, you start to realise that it is fairly simple. It's all like it's all flat. Or it's all um, what's that name for the shading effect used in Photoshop? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> where you go like from one colour to another. Trophy. When you go from one colour to the other, yeah, it's yeah. just like yeah, the colour thing. Um, yeah, but it's always that sort of stuff, but it works together really well. There's some nice bits. Um, after you've beaten one of the dungeons, you can walk into this little town area, which I do in the video, and it looks really nice. It's got these birds tweeting away in the background. You can see stuff going on and all that. There's little diary entries around there which tell a sort of story when you piece them together in order. Um, but it's just like those stages take way too long. They're way too boring because by the time you've learned the mechanic, you're, you're doing the same thing again and again. It's not putting, enough of a, not putting a real twist on it. It's just making you keep shooting the same... Squares. It's basically again. target practice. It's like links. Yeah. Do you remember when but the Wii was sword. released? But um, from what I understand, if you get to the last area, you can use all the skills together. But I didn't get that far because I just got bored. I just I played it for about two and a half hours, and I just like, even though they're only short things, I was getting really frustrated with that boss bit. I just from, gave up. <laughs> yeah. From the way it sounds, it sounds like you almost benefit from a narrative. A little bit more. Of yeah, a it's got really. Narrative. It's really basic. It's one of those ones where it tells you. As it's little like, as it's possible. Like you must go to the pond. Being ethereal. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And it's like, it's, it could be fun, but I think it needs a lot of tweaking. Again, it's like I said with Castles. I feel like it should have been released in early access. Because this doesn't feel this like it's been be. played. No, this is, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's it's released now. And it's coming I mean, out on Wii U. It's out on Wii U, I think. Um, I really wanted to play this one on the Wii U. Yeah, but it's just, it's dull. It just yeah. needs tweaking, a lot of tweaking. I don't, that's the thing. I know a lot of indie devs don't have the money maybe to get people to play test it, yeah. but that's where you chuck out a few codes to some friends. Not yeah. even just friends, just random YouTubers or anyone who plays games a lot and can give you some feedback from different perspectives. Yeah. All sorts of people, because you don't want the same people playing your game. You don't want just your guys working on it yeah, playing your game. You don't want game. yes men, basically. No. But you don't want people um, going to be like, yeah, no, it's You don't really want good, all your feedback to come from games journalists. Yeah, because game journalists are shit at games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. as I've experienced plenty of times. But, um, <laughs> like, the makers of The Flock... We're technically games journalists really. now. I not want really. you to know this. Really. Yeah, we, we kind of are. Like, the makers of The Flock were talking about how one of the biggest mistakes they made is that they only got feedback from games journalists at events. They never took it and gave it to players to play it around with. Well, Team 17 have been known to do that. Yeah, just... For let, a long time. Like, well, I don't Team 17 used to always... No, Team 17 are really good at letting people play stuff. Oh, they started off by chucking their games free on the cover of Mega Format magazine and wait and see what people yeah, said about like them. Worms and stuff. Like that. That's yeah. when you start off as a fledgling. Now they're a big studio. They just don't do it. Well, Team Seventeen aren't that big. Yeah, they're pretty tiny. No, they've got like three or four games on the run now. Yeah, but they're publisher mostly. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, fair. Because they're publishing. Fair um, That's absolutely. Fair what's that point. game they're publishing? They bought the. Um, they're doing. Got the Kickstarter cancelled. Yeah, they've they've got two that are on Games Press right now. Yeah. One that's on Evolve PR. Hmm. 
And yeah, I'm following both of those. Like to be honest, I I still find Team Seventeen an interesting producer, a yeah. publisher. This needs to make me um, more Worms games, please. <laughs> no, don't make <laughs> any more Worms games. You're milking. That Is there not enough of them? <laughs> There's so many. Um, but no, Animal Gods. It's really sad to hear that because I was looking forward yeah. to this. Animal Gods was one of those things that looked to me like something that invoked the spirit the of thing Zelda. Is- yeah, but it doesn't. It's, there's no real yeah, combat yeah, going no, it on. It sounds more like it does inherit the spirit of Guacamole, but in a very restricted if it was manner. Trying, if it's trying to make you do puzzles, solving puzzles with the skills you get, the puzzles aren't interesting enough. It gets so tedious when you're trying to do these things, because it's not really putting any real in, incredible fun skips bits on it, yeah. that it doesn't, like, that when you do fail, because the, the, the margin for error is so small, yeah. when you do fail, it feels frustrating more than anything yeah. and it's the wrong sort of frustrating it's not the sort of frustrating where when you complete it you're like yes sweet it's the sort of frustrating when you complete it you're like thank god that's over ah uh, that's not good no no that's the difference between sort of a uh, Castlevania or a, or a fucking or a Mega Man yeah and, and, and something like say fucking Cheetah Man <laughs> um okay well it's sad to hear buddy um it's just like, yeah, it's a messy game. It could be a lot better, but they are saying they're tweaking stuff and patching it and stuff like that, but yeah. you need to do this before it I comes think, out. I think you're right when you say that people don't always have the money to do that. No, we just got to let people play it. Just yeah. give it to random people. Maybe give them, like, level one, and then give another group level two, and then another hmm. group level three. Just do it like that. Just split the code up into demos. It's like when I worked on um, Bad Company, it was like Bad every company. day. Every day, we would multiplayer bug testing all morning yeah. and the whole afternoon would be playing a multiplayer game with people around the company and all this sort of stuff people at events journalists stuff like that so it was constantly being played we were watching what they were doing seeing if anything weird happened in our yeah. game so we could give feedback and all this they changed the way the levels were designed all, all the time because of stuff we were like saying needed tweaking and things like that Yeah, and that's what you need you need someone just to some people who aren't necessarily your best mates because they're probably not going to tell you the There's entire truth a little bit of a jaded review yeah you like, need to let yeah. someone who's unattached play the game, tell you that uh, this doesn't really work too well. Yeah. Shorten this down, cut down those dungeons a little bit, make them a little bit more interesting. Make Don't the make obstacles this... more interesting than just one thing. Because yeah. that's all it is, it's the one obstacle. Again and, and always again. add in the powers, yeah. tier them. Don't just give you one. Mm. Don't give you a taste or something and then take it away. Watch Mark, it one yeah. one. Watch Mark Brown's videos on Mario Brothers level design and he'll explain how you can twist things, you can manipulate. Like... um. Super Mario 3D World, you've got those levels where you jump on the platform, and when you jump off it, the platforms swing around and switch. Yeah. And all that. And eventually it gets to the point where you're jumping on those platforms while they're moving and stuff. To try and, and, and twist it up. Yeah, and they chuck an enemy in there. It, yeah. They manipulate They chuck an extra element in. But this doesn't. It just it just puts like the river things you're crossing in a different direction, or more of them. So this is a no-buy? No, uh, not really. It's kind of just dull. Yeah, maybe we'll Looks nice. Play. You know what, if they get to make Animal Gods 2, that'll be a really interesting game, but I think mm. for Animal Gods 1, I think that it needs to do what Darksiders want with Darksiders. It's the Dark fact Darksiders it just feels too. like you're doing a tutorial whenever you go yeah. into these caves, and then it doesn't end, that is the game. Yeah. yeah. Your review. Uh, my next review is going to be uh, the Talos Principle for the PlayStation Plus. PlayStation 4. Talos Principle. Talos Principle! I'm going to review the back of Mad Max for you. Robots hugging cats on the artwork... It's a really, really good game. It's a really nice port. It's a bit like Portal in the way that it works. <coughs> you have... Um, so you have things that stop machines working. They're like a camera that projects an electromagnetic ray onto stuff and that stops it working. You can use that on shields. 
Mm. There are moving mines. There are traps and things like that you can use to you can use these things to stop those working. And you have to do that to manipulate the environment and make it so you can get to the other side and get a puzzle piece. Is that why the chicken crossed the road? No. (laughs) Although the robot may have. Um, But in terms of the game, you collect puzzle pieces that look like a lot like uh, Tetris pieces. And then at the end you have a puzzle and you collect them all and you assign them. Oh yeah, because I played the preview thing for that where it was all just um, putting together the pieces. Oh, there you go. There you go. I got a bunch of codes. If you find my old video on that Talos Principle puzzle game thing... You yeah. can like grab the codes because I doubt anyone else did. Ah, all right, might do. Um, but yeah, no, all in all, really, really good game. Really simplistic style, a very intriguing storyline. I want to know mm. more about the characters, um, but at the same time, like, I feel like I'm going to be manipulated into feeling something for something that won't turn out to be what I expect it to be. So you this from Devolver Digital. It is. Yeah. 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 Get them to send me a code for Downfall or Down where it is that new one. <laughs> I'll talk I want to, to play them. that. I'll talk to them <laughs> for you. Um, but yeah, no, all in all, a really, really... I'll buy good... it. It's only 1.99. So forget oh, there you go. <laughs> um, but no, all in all, really, really good game. I highly recommend it. Anyone who's got a PS4 and you don't have a PC, so you didn't have access to this before, it is absolutely worth your money. It's I about... think it's quite a pretty game. It's simple, but it's It's a pretty. very good looking yeah. game. And that was going to be my next point. It's upscaled to shit on the PS4, and it looks really nice, really sharp. And the environment. I, I, it's one of those games where you can look at like plants growing up the side of like mm. like old architecture. Yeah. And you can take a picture and you'd be like, sort of be like, oh, is that real or is that fake? Because mm. it does look that good. Did you um, hear about um, what they did on the PC version just when Pirates pirated the game? No. Um, if when you went in one of the lifts, it just wouldn't stop moving. The lift would just keep going. You'd just no. be stuck there. <laughs> well, I, I really like it. And I like the idea of gathering bits of information from terminals. This is something that the swapper did really well. I'm getting bored of that now. See, Logs. I, I thought I might be, but then mm. they introduced the interactive element in Talos Principle where you've got a semi-sentient program. Yeah. So what you do is you ask it questions. Oh. So you're like, so what happened to the archives? Oh, so it's not just straightforward, you open no, it's it, it's not just, just some like, text. It's not like straightforward, like, I'm so hungry now. Or like Maybe Metal Gear Solid 5 where... that makes me into a robot would work. It's, it's not like, like Metal Gear Solid 5 where you can't even access the final levels unless you've listened to every single yellow dot friggin' voice log in the game. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a long evening. That added me. about five hours to my game. I am tired of hearing the code talk or talk about vocal cord parasites. I don't ever want to hear any of it. I'm not going to. I'm just going to press A. I finished it. It was quite good. Yeah. But anyway, the Talos principle. It's a. It's. It's going to be this week. It's going to be a Michael Fassbender. Mm. Michael Fassbender is one step below. Tom In Atkins. Fish Tank. No. <laughs> Although that is a great film and very yeah. underrated. It's actually Michael Fassbender from Shane. Ah. Not Magneto. No, not from Magneto. I like Magneto. I like Michael Fassbender as Magneto at the end of X Men First Class when he's wearing the purple and red costume. I like him at the beginning where he's like an assassin and he's using oh, to yeah, draw yeah. the knife in. Nazi hunter. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. But no, it's uh, Michael Fassbender from Shame. It's so close to an Oscar winner, but I do think that because of the age of the product, I don't think that this should come out now. I think this should have come out six months ago. Hmm. I think that it's. It's not that old a game though. It's no, it's not. It's not. It's about two years. No, it's only about a year. Only about a year? Yeah. I take it back, it's a Tom Atkins. Yeah. Take it back fully, it's a Tom Atkins. It's a new game, yeah. It's, it's actually a very good game. Really, really good. If you're into puzzle games, but at the same time you like a little bit of mystery and intrigue, why don't you play coy with the idea of some robots having some feelings? Notch is really big on it, he loves it. Does he really? Yeah. Well, I do like it as well, so... Notch has got good taste. It's one thing me and Notch... He lives, like, right around the corner from a YouTuber who bought a house by playing Minecraft games now. 
<laughs> that's weird. That's pretty weird. Um, besides the point, it really is a quality piece of uh, piece of gaming, and it's not very expensive on the PS4. So if you haven't played it already, I'd recommend picking it up. Um, yeah, so Tom Atkins on that one. Sweet. Your go. Have I got to review another bloody game? You do indeed, sir. Okay. Um, my last game review, because I've got another review off, it's the next review's not a game. I'm going to do a film. But um, my last review is the other games. I'm getting all confused now. It's this ginger ale beer. It's actually alcoholic. Anyway. Yeah, it's 4%. It's not very alcoholic. No, but it's I'm just very hungry today. <laughs> You've eaten so many... Do you want some crisps? No. Yeah. Not while we're recording. Um, After we've recorded, though. That's when the crisp orgy begins. My review... Orgy next crisps. One ...is for sub-level zero. Crisps. Which is... It's not a film. No. You said you're going to review a film. I'm going to review a film last. Oh! Yeah. yeah. Had me on the, the edge of my seat. I want to break it up a bit. You want to just yeah. circumvent the norm. This is the end of the game portion of reviews. Um, this is the end of the interactive portion. Sublevel Zero is a roguelike light... Rogue Elevator simulator. Um, Tunnel-based shooter, much like Descent, but with roguelike elements, obviously, because Descent didn't have that. Um, basically, you're travelling through tunnels, the levels are randomly generated, the enemy placement's randomly generated. Um, it's got those bloody quest log things, those little vo- journal log things that I can't stand in games nowadays. You must find the Never. torch to progress. Not read a single one. Just skip it, move on. Um, your aim is on each level to Don't get to a core. your flask holds four drinks which mm. restore health. Mm. Your aim is to get to the core at the end of the level, blow up the mm. core, and it's a little bit like, um, you remember the boss battles in Star Fox where you went into the big room and there's a oh, core? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of remind me of that a little bit. Stavros. Davros. Andros. Andros. Stavros. <laughs> no, it's Andros. Andros, big monkey man. Um, so the idea is you go and blow up the core, a little thing comes out of it, you fly into it, it warps you to the next level. Sometimes. I had one moment where I hit it and I started doing a barrel roll and it kept flashing like it was going to take me to the next level and it just stayed there for about 10 seconds, um, which was entertaining and weird. But yeah, every level's randomly generated. Sometimes it's nice and easy. You've got tunnels that you're just simple pathway to go through. Sometimes it'll split all over the place and you'll end up going down massive great big routes to find a blue key or a yellow key or whatever. And then you have to go all the way back to find the door you need to use it on. M1N1. Mm. What? Dun, 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 M1N1. Dun, dun, Mini. Dun, dun, dun. What? Mini. No, 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 sorry. L1N1. What? L1M1. The music from Doom. Yes. What? The Megadeth song. It's got synthy music, this game does. Very, very like, um, I can't place exactly what it's like, but it does remind me very much of like a chip tune but not 8 bit style, a bit more modernised chip tune music. Res doesn't really have, Res is all sorts of stuff going on it, man. That's true. Say Tron 2.0 killer app. Yeah, why not? Let's go with that. You remember that game? Yeah, that's alright. But um I have it on Xbox. Yeah, I haven't really had too many problems with it. It plays and looks and feels like what you remember Descent playing like. <laughs> like it's like when you think about an old game and you remember it being better than it really is. Yeah. This is what it's like when you're playing it. I mean usually I suck with keyboard and mouse. I was freaking pulling twisty turny moves off in no time yeah. in tight corridors and all sorts. Really? Um it's like properly when shooting down corridors is fun because they go all over the place and like <laughs> roller coasters. Um but it's super smooth with a, with a keyboard and mouse. You can use a control pad and you can use a flight stick if you really want to go hardcore. Who uses a flight stick anymore? Was he one of those cool years? dudes? Cool guys with yeah. 3D glasses. Yeah, I saw um, there's a YouTuber called James Slack playing it, and he had a flight stick plugged in. I saw when he went into the menus. Really? Yeah, he wasn't using it. Though. He was using keyboard and mouse. Oh, he says he um, wasn't using it, but really, he was banking yeah. and doing the whole takeoff. Yeah. Graphically, it's got that um, 
imagine HD versions of PS1 graphics, mm. like the super idealized version of PS1. Um, so basically, really low level 360 by 360 assets placed <laughs> over high res. Yeah, wireframe. Like, nice. It's sort of like um, it's all angular and everything, but the textures are Minecrafty, blocky looking textures. Yeah, 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 yeah. It Absolutely. looks really cool though. Like you won't even know because the way the lighting works in it and stuff like that, it looks so cool. Neon. There's all sorts of stuff going on. There's like um, like this cool rooms you go into where there's like these thermal things coming from the ceiling, giving this glow all around okay. the place. And so yeah, when you is... get to the boss cube, the boss core thing, sometimes it's got these laser beams that shoot out of it and spin around the room like it's like some sort of deadly late disco light. A bit like the yeah. beginning of Resident Evil yeah. One. But, um, yeah. Um, as you go through, you collect these nanite things, and if you fill up the bar when you finish the level, you'll get some sort of permanent bonus you can add to your craft. Um, there's extra different types of craft you can unlock for doing certain things. I've only unlocked one so far. The Hulk, I'm struggling to unlock the other ones. But the Hulk's good. I like the Hulk. It's a big, um, beefy tank. I think it looks exactly the same. It's just oh. that it has different stat properties going on. That's so nice. it takes more damage and holds more inventory, but isn't as fast. I'm not so too not worried about the speed. it's not racist games that nah. judges things by the way they look. No. Nah. Yeah. Um, you can upgrade your weapons. You can craft new weapons based on blueprints you've like acquired and weapons you already have so you can mix two weapons together to make a new one that's how I made a broadsword machine gun mm. the only thing I'd say that I have trouble with is I don't think there's enough bullets oh. <laughs> um, you have different types of weapons you can fire which is handy you can have laser weapons there's like laser ones that are powered by electricity pulse ones that are powered by a recharging unit Okay, they're quite handy but actual bullets seem to run out very quickly um, okay, because it's energy weapons as opposed to physical weapons. Well, the bullets are actual, yeah, bullets are physical ones. Yeah, so it's they like don't replenish. Yeah. Physical. Yeah, okay. But the no thing idea. is, it's like um, the way they work is when you have a gun. Yeah. When you fire a shot, it yeah. will fire a certain amount of bullets. Okay. It might only look like one, but technically it's firing six. Yeah. And so I think those levels need tweaking a little bit to make them last a little bit longer. Well, so maybe have electric and laser for shields, or maybe no, but they're different weapons. Shields. Electrics like lasers, straightforward okay. lasers. Pulse ones are like. Um, Imagine firing BFG 9000 guns, yeah. like, like that. So it's big like plasma yeah. bolts. And you got rockets as well, and you get darts that can fire, which are okay. Quicker. So it's like, a really cool. Game. So maybe you it's can... only the bullets I ever seem to run out of though. Okay, so maybe structure your ship so that it has different levels of defense according to different items, and then have it strategically so you can start off, and once someone gets in the yellow on their shield, you can wheedle it away with some electricity. Start with a plasma. Ah, electricity. keep it simple. It's just simple shooting things. They've all got every enemy's got its own way of attacking. Really? Some charge for you. Some have drills attached to them. They'll try and drill it into you. Imagine if, like, you could edit almost not like a dancing game, but have a counteractive element to those. There's colors. probably something where certain weapons are better against certain enemies. That's like the fast moving ones, you want the faster moving weapons. Imagine but... if you could if you could change that to your advantage, so your shield could initially be worn down by bullets. But then later on, lasers... You don't have shields, you just get smacked. Oh, really? Yeah, you just get the shit kicked out of you. Oh, okay, then disregard That's my cool. comment. But it's all about... The, it's just the, the bullets I find run out quite quickly because I think the balance of how many they use up and how many you get doesn't quite work out. But okay. others seem fine. The pulse thing's fine because it recharges slowly. Yeah. Um. But, um. yeah, really liking the game. Solid as hell. Like, yeah? Really buy or not buy? I'm not saying buy or not buy. I'm not doing all this rating buy stuff. buy it, right? I'm going to give it a score. Okay. 2.6. Out of... 11, just two point, just two point six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you bite two point six times. Yeah, sure, why not? Like it. Yeah. Alright, so my final review is gonna be something very near, dear and expected. It's not your penis. Waited to my heart. No, it's not my penis. Oh Jesus. Um so uh my my number four review is Rick and Morty season two, made by yeah. Dan Harmon. Written by Dan Harmon. Yeah. And written shot produced theme song sung by Dan Harmon yeah um, and Justin Rowland says the voices of Rick and Morty mm. 
uh, what's the Sarah Chalk does the voice of uh, the mother. Yeah. And the father is played by. Isn't it Thingy from Archer? Yeah, it is. Not. Not yeah. Archer, not John H. John Benjamin. The other one. I know you mean. Chris he plays, Cornell? Yeah, Chris Cornell, yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, Rick and Morty season two came back off the incredibly well received season one. Uh, and it came back and it was good. It was self-knowing. It was a little bit darker. There were a lot more themes of loneliness, of self-exile. There were a lot of deeper themes about what makes Rick t- tick and what his family knife, family knife actually means to him and what he's willing to sacrifice for the things that mean anything to him. And it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't necessarily a comedy show at times. At other times it was a dark, self-inflicting, you know, uh, analysis of what makes us as humans breathe and move forward. And I feel like Dan Harmon has a lot to do with that because I've seen Harmon Town. I like that the first series had Cronenbergs in it. Yeah, didn't have that in the second season. Aww. But um, I give this season a solid Brendan Fraser in the 90s. It's great. Is that it? It's great. It's not fantastic, it's not as good as the first, but it is good. I'm going to go pee again. Your review! Fuck's sake. That Your was... review, sir! That was a way too short review. Ah, there's nothing more to say, I'm going to spoil it. So this is... Matt really just needs to pee to whenever he goes and gets those lamb cello drinks. They're like 50p each in Morrison's. And he keeps drinking them all. And I make him drink them before we start the podcast, because otherwise he just burps through the whole thing. That's all come out of the mic. That's all come out of the mic. Wicked. Well, that's not something. Okay. Well, I've got a film review to do. No, you don't. Don't mind. Yes, I do. I'm blushing. Okay. I'm collecting my beer and heading back towards the room. What is your film review? I could have started saying the name of it before you got here. I'm long sorry. Ago. The Thank film I watched this week yep. was Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. I really, really want to see this. Tell me about it. Talk to me. Tell me the plot. It's about the making of Island of Dr. Moreau. Yes. The and as the title suggests, David Fulis is never mentioned Fulis? once in the whole film. Really? <laughs> no. Or How seen. About How about Marlon Brandon? Marlon Brandon, yeah, multiple times. Oh. But he's dead, so he can't stop him. Um, but basically, it's about Richard Stanley was a director in the early nineties. Who, if you're really into your culty films, you might remember Hardware um, or City? Dust Devil. No, that was that's um, freaking what's his face? Oh, his yeah, no, that was uh, the guy from the crew. Yeah, um, but he basically quite a decent director. Actually, he's pretty solid. and He's got very good ideas and understands thematics incredibly well. Um, but he was basically working for ages on wanting to make a Iron Doctor Moreau film, and he eventually gets the chance to do it. And he's working within the Hollywood studio system, so he has to get his stars and stuff like that. And this is the moment where it all starts going wrong. <laughs> Spoilers, yeah. please. Just literally right at the start. Um, <laughs> so they're looking for the cast of the film. They get Marlon Brando. Yeah. That's going to be fine. I mean, Marlon Brando doesn't tend to work well with anyone Wait, ever since do... probably the mid-70s. Okay, all right. Let's do, let's do this in a more interesting way. Should we have oh, a yeah. budget count? What would you say the budget they gave this man is? And then we'll do each actor by how much they cost. <laughs> well, no, they they got Marlon Brando in there. 
40 mil. And they're planning to so make this film. 40 mil. They choose a location in um, Cairns in uh, Australia. 3 mil. They want to shoot here because there's a massive great big mountain. And yeah. it's like you can get it in every shot. Never mind the airport nearby is right next to this place where they could have got the same shots, whatever. Um, they look for an actor. They tried to get Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis was going to be in the film. Really? Yeah. What? And doing? James Woods. In Val- <laughs> Bruce Willis was going to be Val Kilmer's character. Okay. James Woods was going to be David Fulis's character. So it's still going to be like sort of someone who's lesser known as opposed to someone who's really well known. To say this was starting off a lot of a darker film. Like okay. the concept art he shows is amazing. Okay, what was it like? Just um, explain it to me because I really want to watch this. One of the concept art shows a picture of Moreau who looks a lot like Jesus in yeah. this holding a dog baby covered in blood and there's like you can see the legs of a dog woman behind him really? and all the dog people in surgery costumes and one of them's licking the scalpels and stuff like that oh. and it's like oh he's got a dark vision I like this so it was almost like a, uh, Alex Poirot is the guy who <laughs> yeah. Dark City yeah, yeah he... well they're working on he this invented, film and directed. they're getting out there to shoot and everything and no one seems to have paid attention to the fact that Cairns in Scotland in Australia is probably one of the highest rainfall areas in the world like, nice. there's a bit where they show you a rainfall chart of Australia, and it's all like green and blue for relatively low, and then just literally over Cairns is dark purple. Nothing but rain. A couple of miles to the left, fine. That one bit, rain. So, he's out there for a few weeks, they're scouting locations. Richard Stanley's not coming out of his cabin often because he's getting bored by all that. He just wants to get on with making the film. Um, Val Kilmer turns up on the set, is a dick. Because they couldn't get Bruce Willis. Um, he got went through his divorce wait, with... Wait, when you say Richard Stanley, please differentiate between Richard Stanley from Kiss and <laughs> Richard Stanley, the director. Richard Stanley from Kiss? Yeah. Isn't Richard Stanley in Kiss, is there? Who is it from Kiss? It's someone Stanley. I don't know. Whatever. But I he was Star Child. They couldn't have Bruce Star Willis because Bruce Willis started going through his divorce with Demi Moore, didn't want to leave the country. Upsetting All time. this sort of stuff. Completely understandable. Um, they were... Almost not going to have Brando because Ron and Brando's daughter went and committed suicide, which is incredibly inconsiderate of her, really. Considering <laughs> she has such a stable parent yeah. to hold on to. So they were at this point where they were like, "Are we even going to have Brando here?" Bruce Do Willis you is gone. Brando was a good actor. He's always been a good actor. He's just been insane. No, no, he's just ne- been fucking like he's mental. Been good right up until. Okay, actually, even like. Godfather, there were some weird choices yeah. like the, the yeah. stuffing his cheeks. That wasn't yeah. in the script. Yeah. <laughs> so Brando's not on set yet. We haven't got to this. Um, when they get to the point where Bruce Willis has left, Richard Stanley says that he makes probably the biggest mistake he made during this point, which is when he hired Val Kilmer. Um, and Val Kilmer is completely uncooperative. Wants everything changed. Doesn't want to do this stuff. Doesn't want to do that stuff. He wants to be David Lewis. Yeah, very much. I think he wanted to be the hero character type in it and all this, but. He wasn't the hero. No, he was kind of the assistant to what. Do you to think he own. just took everything that Marlon Brando said to heart and decided he wanted oh, no. to rip the shit out of him? No, because he didn't get along with Marlon Brando. I know, that's why the ending is so. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, has anyone seen the so, film? Anyway, Are we no, going to talk don't about the film? The, no, no, we're just talking about this documentary. Okay. So, this is a week, like a week and a half into shooting. A hurricane hits, destroys the set. Yeah. All sorts of shit goes down. They can't film anything. They've got people all held up there, all in dog makeup, because there's so many extras. Yeah. Um, so Richard Stanley is like off. He gets fired from the film. Yeah. Disappears into the sunset. Not allowed no, back within... No, into the sunset. Into the woods. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about no, that. No, 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 no. Because we need to worry about this. Yeah, we'll just really? keep that in mind. Does it come back later? Later, yes. Keep that in mind. Okay, all right. So they pull in 
Yeah. Yeah. They, they plan. They help. They postpone it for a little while. A few weeks okay. later, they come back to carry on shooting. Yeah. And they bring in John Frankenheimer to direct. Now, John Frankenheimer's a pretty workman-like director, but he's made some cool films. And when I was a kid, there was a film of his I like called The Challenge. Which I wish Arrow Films would re-release. It'd be perfect for them. Which one was the challenge? Um, it's a sort of like it's a bit of a martial arts action movie. Oh, I know what you mean. It's a little bit like Jim Carter. It's sort of yeah, it's quite cool. But it's um, he also directed Ronin and a bunch of other random things over the years. But um, he came on to film with no interest in the film. He only made it because they gave him a free picture deal if he did. Um, and he brought in his director of photography, and they just went and shot what film they could. Thing was, um, Val Kilmer's now changing the script. David Fulis, they don't mention this in the documentary, but David Fulis was changing the script. And then Marlon Brando turns up on set, painted head to toe in white with like cheesecloth wrapped on him and sunglasses, looking like he's doing some zombie Jim Sterling cosplay. That made it into the film as well? Yes. Um, God, I love this movie. He hates Val Kilmer. <laughs> well, no. Okay. He was quite Marlon a... Brando hates Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer hated Marlon Brando. They did not get on. Val, Val Marlon Brando was quoted as saying, um, I believe, Val, you've confused your paycheck with talent. <laughs> so, nice of him. Um, Marlon Brando takes a liking to a little miniature, world's smallest man that was in it. He decided he becomes, that he was... He was going to be his assistant now, taking he, the role. No, 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 no. <laughs> taking no, no, Malin's no, no, no. role. This is wrong. This is wrong. No, he decided that at that moment, he wanted to have the world's smallest man in the picture because he feels like... He was already in the film. He was going to be a little character in the film. Yeah, yeah, but he feels like he should be his assistant because that's the kind of person he feels Dr. Moreau would be fascinated with. He has him as his assistant because when he talked to the little man and just pretended to speak Portuguese, the little man laughed a lot. <laughs> really? Yes. That's incredible. Because cause... he had gone to speak to the other guy, um, Hofstader, the guy who was playing Maling. Yeah. And he's pretended he could speak German to him. Okay. And he was like, I don't have a clue what you're saying. Fuck. So he gets pushed aside, only in four scenes in the whole film now, quite an important character in the book. And now the little midget dudes, like Mini-Me, is there with his little mini-piano on top of Marlon Brando's piano. Um, and it just the film, just the documentary just catalogues this. Like, when Richard Stanley's gone, this is only the halfway point, and it just starts cataloguing this series of just bizarre events. Um, lead actress trying to escape the set, is like that getting the um, throws a bulk, yeah, throws a bulk from, from the, the craft, craft, yeah, and uh, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, the Wizard of Oz sequel, Return to Oz, which is actually fantastic, a really dark film. That. It's a really dark film. Yeah. The wheelies terrify yeah. me, but um, yeah, all sorts of shit goes down, and eventually, yes, a bunch of the extras do find out that someone's living in the woods, ranting about how Val Kilmer ruined his picture, and so they go out there, and it's Richard Stanley. Sure enough. And they dress him up in a dog costume and they bring him onto the set. So you can see what's going on and see yeah. how everything's working. And he doesn't out. do just one day. He keeps coming back. He kept coming back. It didn't yeah. change the He's in the film. The He's in the film. He is, as <laughs> the most raggedy extra in the fucking world. Yeah. With his dog mask. He's still got the dog mask. Yeah, so bad. It's amazing. Like, this, the whole thing is like this catalogue of like this continuous also, disaster. Uh, okay, okay. We're skipping over one really interesting aspect of Richard Sandy. Well. He invoked Wiccan. Oh yeah, he likes witchcraft. Yeah, yeah he's he a big fan of witchcraft. witchcraft it helps Wiccan him get Marlon Brando yeah. to try and draw out the power of the animals so that he could better. But uh, he he consulted the witch doctor so to help him secure Marlon Brando because he was incredibly nervous about meeting Marlon Brando. Yeah. Um. So he goes to a producer and the producer's like. So you find in Marlon Brando's house very it's hot. Nicholas Cage. And she's saying to the director, saying to Marlon Brando, you know, if this 
if you know it's quite hot in here, I think I might fall asleep soon. So Marlon Brando just keeps turning the thermostat up yeah. until she passes out, and then him and Richard Stanley just talk films for a while. By all accounts, Marlon Brando and Richard Stanley apparently got on all right. Well, I like the fact that <laughs> to, is it Farisa Bulk? Yeah, Farisa Bulk. Farisa Bulk. 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 As in, bulk. Bulk. in like, large amount. Um, Farisa Bulk. She used to pour ice into a funnel. Oh yeah, the hat on his head. Because that was another Marlon Brando. He was no, he just wanted it. He thought that. He thought that Moreau would probably have some rather unique way of cooling himself down. And they just went, he wants it, we're going to build it. And John Frankenheimer was like, I don't give a fuck. John Frankenheimer was the guy who took over. Yeah. The guy who directed Frank... Uh, not Frankenheimer. Ronin. Uh, Frankenheimer? No. Frank... Oh, it's Frank and Lotter. No. Probably. But he directed Ronin. Oh, okay. Uh, Ronin's a great film. Yeah, good film. Okay, so uh, this sounds fucking batshit. Then I'm going to probably have to watch this documentary. It's on Netflix. I saw, I saw this on Netflix. Yeah. You know what else is on Netflix? <laughs> Beast of No Nation. I'm looking forward to watching um, it. What We Do in the Shadows came on there the other day. It's a really good film. Yeah, I need to see that. Have you um, watched it yet? No, I'll watch it soon. It'll be probably one of my next reviews. Might do but it for a horror week. Watch or not watch? Um, uh, this documentary is superb. It's freaking brilliant. Watch. Everyone in it seems to have like the right they have the right sort of look back on it that they realise it was an absolutely horrible event but no one seems to be too traumatised by it they just understand they just laugh about how nice. terrible it was um, the lack of David Fulis and Ron Perlman's a little bit odd Ron Perlman is cited in some documentary footage the, at one point he played the, Jackal, the priest man. the big like uh, goat priest man oh yeah. the goat priest yeah whatever his name guy. is yeah but um, David Fulis like David Fulis doesn't get mentioned they mentioned James Woods getting the role that he was going to be in and then they never mentioned James Woods coming off the film and never mentioned bringing David Fulis in. There was actually another actor in between them. Someone else was meant to be in that role. But, um, yeah, just absolutely superb documentary, well worth watching. And, you know, kind of hope it saves Richard Stanley from obscurity a little bit. I want to see what else he can make. Because Hardware is quite a cool film, if you've never seen it. The one about the robot that brings home. Yeah, it's a robot Terminator type thing going on. Anyway, review a thing you... Dick. Oh, no, that's me. That's the end. That's four each. Is it? Oh. I can review another thing if you want. No, time. Anyway. <laughs> um, what are you looking forward to coming up in the uh, next few weeks? Because it's Halloween coming up. Have you got anything that you are looking forward to playing or watching? Is there anything in your mind? Because I've already mentioned one thing I'm willing to talk about again very briefly. There doesn't need to be any screen caps or anything for this. Just like a roll down. I'm just going to watch Mad Max Fury Road about ten more times. Are you going to review it next time on the Blu-ray? We've already watched... We have, but we haven't reviewed, reviewed the Blu-ray. It. Have you watched the special features? No. You fool! I watched the Why? deleted scenes. The one where there's a baby, a rubber baby, and the guy throws the rubber baby. <laughs> Don't ruin it. Review that. It hasn't got the black and white version on it like they said it was going to have. Oh, that's what I'm saying. No. Um, anyway, I'm looking forward to a Beast, beast of No Nation. Mm-hmm. Still waiting to watch Bite. But you're never going to see it. They're not going to let you. Probably not. No, you've been kicked out. You're not allowed. Been kicked out of the Golden Gates. Are there any games you're looking forward to coming up soon? I don't get a chance because you keep getting these guys to send me codes to play games on. Are there I any games you're looking forward else. to that I can try and get you? Mm. How did you find the Star Wars Battlefront? Because that's not a proper review. How was the beta? Eh. Eh. Same with me. Yeah. Felt restricted. But you know how it feels restricted like it's not forced restriction? It just feels forced. restricted in game <laughs> You see what I did there? Um, as much as it was fun to play <laughs> as much as it was fun to play it just didn't feel like there was a lot going on and I don't feel like it's going to get much better when they add in the other stuff and when you add in the uh, what was it 45 quid 
friggin' season, season pass. pass. Fuck, fuck you. that noise. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck Destiny. Fuck season passes. You fucking betray me, you cunts, Destiny. You fucking bunch of shit. Jesus Christ. When you reduce a £90 game to a fucking 10 cent demo, <laughs> what do you expect people to be like? I can't even change the fucking difficulty on missions anymore. You used to be able to change the difficulty so you got up to level 28 on missions. Any mission, you could change it so it was a hard mode as well. Yeah. So you could increase the chances of getting... They're doing a hard you. mode of some raid. They're doing that, so... Yeah, well, but you you could do this so you could change the difficulty and get exotic loot from lower class missions but doing them yeah. on higher difficulties. Like Borderlands 2.5 play like, yeah, yeah, like that. But they just fucking got rid of that in the new demo. You have to buy the Taken King to do that anymore. What the fuck is the point? Yeah. I'm not spending 120 quid on my game. I spent 90 quid already. Just give me the fucking add-on, you fucking bunch of cunts. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. All right. Um, how about you, though, Is there anything, Anne? Like, is there absolutely anything that you're looking well, for? New to? Life is Strange is out in a week. Really? Yeah, the last chapter of it. Oh, episode five. Yeah, so that's going to be like four or five days of videos that I'm going to have to go through and do. I mean, where were we at last time with that? I can't spoil. That's too much spoilers. Well, no, no, I'm not saying part. don't spoil it. I'm just saying episode four. Did you end in a way that you were highly expectant of episode five? Yeah, or? I actually called <laughs> they called the ending of episode four back in. Oh yeah, no, I remember the you first. Said, yeah, <laughs> yeah the first that, yeah. part. Um, yeah. yeah, if you go back and watch my videos, I I think it's the second video I posted. I actually straight out call out one of the guys. Yeah. But anyway, um, but no, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Is there anything else? Because I know that Minecraft, the story mode, are you gonna play that? That's what I'm thinking might be my next uh, adventure game playthrough. Okay. So if that, if there's something else coming out, maybe I might switch to that. But story mode, quite interesting because I want to play a Telltale game that isn't violent and sweary. I want to play one that's like fun, Apparently cartoony. This is violent and sweary. No, no, it's quite it's perfect no, no, for no, kids. No, 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 I've heard that it's violent and sweary. There's. There's death and like dark themes in this. Yeah, but it's still kids. The same for kids. Because Patton Oswalt's in it. Why would kids have Patton Oswalt in a game? Everyone loves Patton Oswalt. I know that's true, and he was Remy and Ratatouille, but Patton Oswalt isn't a real. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect for kids. It's got like a 12 certificate or something. Oh, like really? That. Yeah. yeah, but so does The Last Girls, and I wouldn't recommend that for eight year olds. <laughs> and eight year olds play Minecraft. Some 12 year old kid had a Chris Apocalypse on Twitter the other day asking us to play Minecraft. It's like, sorry, kid, no. Nah. I'd have Minecraft. Yeah, anyway. and also I just make giant buildings that look like dicks. Yeah. I made a sacrificial altar. Vaginas. I made a sacrificial altar in the roof of one of my Lava vaginas. Yeah. Anyway. Lava vaginas. Anyway. Anyway, that was Crypt Apocalypse episode 27. We hope you enjoyed it. We've had a great last two weeks and next two weeks are going to be even better. You are LV55 Space Monkey on Twitter. I am Chris Apocalypse and Cinema again. If you want to reach us, reach us on Twitter or email us. You are the filmdub at gmail.com. I'm giving out my I email. And cinemageddon at outlook.com. If you need us in any other way, please just give us a post on the Facebook or email us or, you know, any other means of communication we've given you. Hope you have a great couple of weeks and we'll see you in two. God, I'm going to kill a bunch of people. That dog needs to shut the fuck up. I'm just going to kill like 50 people.